Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of Spooky Girls, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real-life paranormal and creepy occurrences. From ghost sightings and hauntings, to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more. Every week we'll cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts, I'm Katrina. And I'm Jasmine. Good morning slash evening, everybody. Good evening, Jasmine. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Wow. So the clocks have gone back, just like my brain. Ah. (laughs) Ah. It actually sucks, though, because um, at work, the clocks going back always changes so much in the office. Mm. Like, we have an extra hour of programming now, which is which is difficult because that makes our day an hour longer. That's just what, So why do you do it in Hong Kong, though? We don't. So um, um, because in um, on the on the channel that I work with, Hint, they rhyme with Loomberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we do a Middle East show, and the Middle East show is technically within the EMEA region. Uh, so then, um, and normally we have one hour of that and then it goes into the London programming but now because there's an hour extra we have two hours of Middle East before we go to the U- um, the UK oh, so, wow. so that's how it affects us so we do have an extra hour of work normally oh so. you poor thing no it's fine yeah. <laughs> it's fine it's only, your f- eyes only say different yeah. it's only for a few well, well everyone at home can't see my eyes that's no they can't but yes, how have you been? How was your week? I'm fine. I've been very, very, very busy with university stuff. Ah, yeah. And trying to get a couple episodes written up before I am way too busy to do them. Yeah. So yes. that's just what it's I've been be, working on. It's going to be a pain for you. It's going to be How's a How's uni, though? It's Are going really well. well. I do like Yay. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Good. yeah. I'm scared because my first assignment is now in... Um, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's in six weeks. But I nope. plan my assignments six weeks in advance. So oh, just no. seeing it in my like academic diary stresses me out. <laughs> I'm sure you will be fine. You were always brilliant at exams, if I remember correctly. So thank you. I'm pretty sure you will smash it. So don't well, it's a that. it's a critical analysis of whatever article we choose <laughs> of whatever it's, well um, that's good if you if you can choose the article then surely lead that well it's it's some, some from from the historical discourse like articles that have been chosen okay. for the different lectures mm, okay. so wow yeah. heavy yeah. stuff yeah uh, yeah yeah can't can't say I miss uni myself, but <laughs> good on you for going back at it. I'm oh, very proud thank of you. you. Oh. So, how has your day been? Your week? Um, literally been doing not much. I took the week off work to celebrate Halloween, really? <laughs> which, which um, for me, just incurs uh, playing Sims all day <laughs> and sleeping very late at night, um, and I. Honestly, I thought yesterday was Monday. I was I, mm-hmm. I was having a meltdown by how it was already Wednesday and I haven't done anything with my week off. But honestly, I count doing nothing as doing something. You yes. know, doing nothing is one of my favorite things to do. I'm a big fan <laughs> of doing um, I could get a, I could earn a medal at nothingness. That would be yeah. great. But yes, I've had a very chill week. 
chill yeah. week. I've, um, and yeah, and I've uh, just been writing up some uh, some some stories for the upcoming Halloween episode too, which is going to be amazing. Very a excited Halloween about that. special. Yeah, so we're going to be doing that one. Um, in fact, Katty, you can you can tell tell us more about that one. So it's going to be out on Halloween. Um, but it is going to be a collaboration with Brooke from Wise Podcast, which is amazing. Like, she is incredible. The amount of detail she goes into is incredible. It literally sounds like it's a, like, podcast, like, scripted, acted, Mm, like, like, super professional podcast. And it's yes, we're just lucky. her. I listened to her Medusa one. Yeah. Medusa one. And normally, honestly, normally when I listen, so like I do listen to, to podcasts a lot, but primarily I find ones with like very soothing voices and then I use them to kind of fall asleep. <laughs> but with hers, I was I was trying to have a little nap and I couldn't because I was so entranced by what yeah, she was saying. she's amazing. Brilliant storyteller. Um, really, really gets that narrative element in there, which I love in a podcast. Mm. So yes, very excited um, to very be hooking up with Brooke. That'll be fun. Yeah, so we will be doing one episode for us and then one episode for her podcast and both of them will be about cursed objects. Yeah. So if you want to get the the full deal, you have to listen to both podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really, really cool cases. Really, really, really cool. Yeah. So scary. Very exciting. So spooky. And um also, also, uh, there's actually a, sh- uh, a shout out um, this week as well. Um, as it's finally the last week of October, we wanted to give a special Halloween shout out to our friend Jeff C. Carter, who's been kind enough to give us a sneak peek at his newly released Halloween short story anthology, We Bleed Orange and Black. Now, if you thrive on tales of the unnerving and the strange and just downright creepy, which if you're listening to this, then you probably are, um, <laughs> then, you re- then this really couldn't be more of a perfect read for you. Whether it's a classic horror yarn you're looking for, or if you fancy a trip down memory lane with some tales of Halloween nights gone awry, there's something in here for creepy crowds of all ages. So sharpen your fangs, black out those windows and grab some Halloween candy because these 31 short stories will keep you entertained all year round. Because after all, who says we don't bleed orange and black every day of the year? You can check out more on jeffccarter.com or simply head over to amazon.com to pick up your copy today. So thank you very much, Jeff, for thank that you, beautiful Jeff. book. It was gorgeous. I read yeah, it, it was really, more. really good. Like each story... Well, there were some, like, longer stories and some short ones. And the short ones are, like, two, three pages. Mm. But, like, they're so good. They're really... I, I Honestly, and there was one which I found really, really kind of funny. Um, did you read the one about the incels? Like, no, the troller incels. Oh, it's so funny. Just these two dudes kind of trolling everyone online, calling people noobs and stuff. And then they get themselves into a bit too much trouble when they try and... Uh, let's say, pull a, a massive hack on, on someone mm-hmm. who lives next door to them. That does not go down very, very well for them. Um, but yes, a lot of good, fun material. In yeah, that they are. And then they, there's a lot of like uh, twists and things at the end. Yeah. That's like and, super creepy. And some stories are, I, th- I think a few felt like they were connected. I don't know if mm. that was just me that got that. But yes, you can check it out for yourself and let us know what you think. Um, 
Yes, definitely. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll put a, a link in the description of Fabulous. this episode. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we start, I would just like to give a massive thank you to Jahit Asava on Instagram, who actually composed and recorded new background music for us. And I am so incredibly grateful. He's absolutely lovely and amazingly talented. So please go and check out his Instagram, which is Jahit Asava, but it's spelt C-A-H-I-T-A-S-O-V-A. And tell him how awesome he is. Thank you. Um, we'd also like to say a massive thank you to our newest patrons. Brookby, Misty Miller, Kyra May and Perry Cafaneros. Thank you all so much and we hope to have some amazing content for you in the future. Yes, thank you guys. It means a lot to us. It does. Okay. So, shall we get into it? Yes, let's go for this week's... This week's story. Hit me. I am... Um, so excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, this week we are covering the Hoyabachu Forest in Romania. I've never heard of this one. Ooh. And actually, funnily enough, the Ghost Adventures Halloween special on this was on last night. Oh. And I was like, I'm doing that. <laughs> I know all about that. Those sneaky bastards. Zach Bagans hasn't got anything on you, okay, Cassie? Thank you. (laughs) Love you, Zach. Please don't, please don't sue us. We love you. Please don't, please don't block us on Twitter like you did with um, (laughs) Christine Schieffer from. um, We love a shady, petty bitch. We love it. (laughs) (laughs) You are gold, Zach Bagans. Thank you very much. Anywho. Let's continue. Yeah. So my sources for this are Wikipedia, a documentary by Paradrome on YouTube, articles from The Independent, The Guardian, and The New Zealand Herald, and also Atlas Obscura and touringromania.com. So, situated just outside the city of Cluj-Napoca, the heart of Transylvania in the northwestern part of Romania, the Hoyabachu Forest is regarded as a hotspot of paranormal phenomena, including reported UFO sightings, mysterious disappearances, and disembodied voices, among much more. The Hoyabachu Forest is also known as one of the creepiest, most haunted forests in the world, which has turned it into a prime tourist attraction, although many locals refuse to go near it. The area contains the site of the oldest Neolithic settlement in Romania from approximately 12,000 years ago, with various items, tombs and houses uncovered by archaeologists between 1960 and 1994, giving the land a long and extraordinary history of life and death. Mm. Honestly, I'm already creeped out because I know Transylvania is just... Nothing good ever happens there, right? In when it comes to like spooky paranormal sh- stuff. Um, I mean, transsexual Transylvania <laughs> is the best thing about it, I'm sure. Um, which reminds me that I have to watch Rocky Horror this year. Woo! <laughs> Anywho, carry on. Thank you. The 740-acre forest is a mythical source of folklore and legends shrouded in mystery. 
It is sometimes known as the Bermuda Triangle of Romania due to the amount of people who have seemingly disappeared in the forest. In fact, the forest is apparently named after a shepherd who, along with his flock of 200 sheep, entered the forest but was never seen again, with neither his nor any of the sheep's remains found. Another reported disappearance was that of a young girl who wandered into the forest and failed to return home later that evening. With numerous search parties unable to find her, she was obviously presumed dead. But her family were shocked when suddenly, five years later, the girl supposedly re-emerged from the forest, appearing unaged, unaware of any time passing and unable to remember where she had been. Oh, you know what, this um, this sounds like there was a TV show or a movie about an f- airplane that this happened to. Yes, yeah, yeah, quite quite new. Yes, and yeah. I always wanted to watch it and I, and I never did, but I always I wanted did. to. It wasn't very good. Oh, no, it looked I'm so sorry. promising. That's no. such a letdown. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Oh, well, I should say I saw a bit of it when my mum was watching it, but it, okay. it, didn't, it didn't enthrall me, so mm. I then just... I just went away. Big old shame. Okay. Aside from the strange events reported in the forest, the very vegetation of the forest seems to be bizarre and unnerving, with many trees having grown in zigzag patterns or spirals, all twisted in a clockwise direction, which no scientists have been able to explain. And this is the only place in the world where you can see this phenomenon. In the northwestern part of Huyabachu, you can find the most well-known area of the forest, called the Round Meadow or the Clearing, which is an almost perfect circular clearing where no vegetation grows. Despite the soil having been sampled in this area, again, scientists have been unable to explain this. The clearing is considered to be an area of particularly regular paranormal and even extraterrestrial activity. See, now this this just sounds like a Stephen King book. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that he's written a book called The Clearing. So, yeah. I mean... Mm, um, and it has everything. And it's like, it's like ghosts, aliens, cursed, spirits. And you're like, that's Crop too circles. much. Yeah. Yes. You're this like, tone it down. Yeah, it's like, okay, come <laughs> on. We get it, we get it, we get it. You've seen a few episodes of Ghost Hunters. We get it. <laughs> <sighs> In fact... Huyabachi came to international attention in August 1968, when 45-year-old Emil Barnier, a military technician, took a now-famous photograph of what he claimed to be a UFO, a shining silver disc hovering above the clearing. He had been in the forest with his girlfriend and a few friends, and all four claimed to have witnessed the UFO hovering for about two minutes in that area. What makes this story believable apart from the fact that there was no evidence of image tampering with the negatives of the photographs when they were examined, is the fact that Barnier had nothing to gain and everything to lose from reporting this sighting. This was due to the fact that Romania was under a communist government at the time, which regarded any belief in the paranormal as mental illness, and he actually lost his job for this. See, I think I think even these days people associate paranormal belief with mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> like, so nothing much has changed since when was this? The sixties. Sixty-eight. And and also everyone was on a lot of drugs in the sixties, wasn't yeah. it? Sixty-eight. Wait, no, was that that was before the summer of love? But I'm sure they were still still on a bunch of shit. Uh huh. 
quaaludes and all that crap. Anywho, carry on. Even before Barnier's photograph, biologist Alexandru Sift took great interest in the stories of the strange happenings inside the forest. And in the early 1950s, he began to research reported light and magnetism phenomenon in the forest. Sift apparently grew to believe that he was being followed by unearthly shadows, which he attempted to capture on film. He had reportedly gathered substantial photographic evidence of these shadows and other strange lights and silhouettes that hadn't been there when he'd taken the picture. But sadly, after his death in 1993, this evidence inexplicably went missing, and most of it was never recovered. Even to this day, unidentified flying objects and mysterious light anomalies are routinely sighted and photographed near the clearing. Many believe that Huyabachu is haunted by the souls of some of the thousands of people who became lost in the forest and perished, as well as by peasants who were murdered there hundreds of years ago. There are even those who believe that the forest is a portal between the worlds of the living and the dead, where the souls of the recently deceased remain stuck in a form of limbo for 40 days. Visitors to the Huyabachu forest have reported feelings of intense anxiety and nausea, the sensation of being watched, witnessed shadow figures and heard the disembodied giggling and screaming of young girls. Some people have also reported being physically attacked by an unseen force, developing unexplained rashes and deep scratches all over their body. Yikes, yeah, that does not sound like a friendly spirit. No, it does not. If Zach Bacon's were there, he'd probably be having an asthma attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'd be screaming and then he'd claim to be possessed. He's just like, I feel, a presence. I feel a presence on my face. It might be the sun, but it might be a ghost. But it's probably a ghost, not the sun. <laughs> I just love it because, you know, when I was watching it, I didn't realise he was so wearing extra. that all like... Because he wears like heavy mask gear. Mm when he goes into haunted houses and, and stuff. And I always wondered why no one else is decked out to the nines in, like, expensive protective gear, only him. And I was like, this is such clear favouritism on the side of the producers. It's ridiculous. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, no, but you see, I have asthma. I'm like, bitch, I have asthma, right? People don't just give me free shit just to wear <laughs> to protect me and kill them, you know? Like, like what if there was, like, I don't know, like, asbestos in the walls? No one knows. Zach will be... De- Zach will be the only survivor, nobody else. And he sends Aaron, like, to the most dangerous parts anyway. <laughs> Precisely. I think, you know what, he's, he's very smart because I also exploited my asthma. My asthma is funny. Uh, I, also ex- <laughs> I also exploited my, my breathing impediment um, when, when, when I was doing PE classes. Mm. Um, I would say that I can't, I, I can't run. Because I have asthma, and they would test that by like, you know, following me after class and into the hallway where I would sprint down to the fucking lunch hall. So I understand you, Zach. I get it. In all fairness, you used to have really bad asthma. Yeah, like your asthma used to be really bad. Terrible, (laughs) terrible. It's not so bad now. Um, yeah. mainly because I don't leave my house very much which is great <laughs> so I love it I love it my yeah, yeah. my newfound introversion has been fantastic for it good. anywho sorry last bit let's go 
Another frequently reported occurrence is the failure of electronic devices such as cameras and mobile phones in the forest, leaving you even more isolated in one of the most otherworldly, mysterious and unsettling places known to man. Although the boundaries between fact and fiction have most likely become blurred over the years, in the many legends surrounding the Hoyabachi forest, the sheer number of bizarre and seemingly paranormal occurrences, coupled with the different natural phenomenon that remained scientifically unexplained, has ensured that Hoyabachi remains a place of myth, secrecy and terror. Damn, I really wish you could get a job writing for like National Geographic. <laughs> Aw, thank you. I love I love how you end the stories like that. It's great. Maybe oh, we can do that on Patreon. I can like upload my notes and Yes, that would be cool. Yeah. Yes. Because I mean the thing is so like we we try and do this thing where I read along with Katty so that I can see a good place to jump in. Because before I would just kind of forget what I was talking about and forget what she was talking about halfway through. Um, but yeah, the notes are really, really, really something else. So that could be an idea if people yeah. want to check those out. Please support yeah. us on Patreon. <laughs> Please. Creepy forests, they do, those do freak me out. I've never been a nature person anyway, <clears throat> but I mean, <laughs> you know, like I'm definitely more of a homebody, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I remember um, when we were really little and we'd go to the Blackwoods with Jackie. Yeah. Oh, and there's like a weird clearing in the middle of there and it mm. was always so muddy. And I remember once I started like sinking <gasps> and it got up to my ankles and he had to come and like pluck me out. Oh. Before I died. <laughs> was it not like a witch's house there? Didn't Jackie call it the witch's house? Oh, I don't I don't know. Some, or, I, I swear there was like some kind of creepy looking... There isn't a building in the box. No, maybe it was nearby. Maybe I'm thinking of somewhere else. He was probably just saying it about someone he didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> witch's That's house. the witch's house. Yeah. Probably was the bitch's house. Yeah, <laughs> you know? say something like he would do. Gosh, yeah, I don't know. I've I've never been been a big fan of um of forests and stuff. I've mm. I'm always terrified of getting lost. You know, yeah, that's really scary to me. Like, like as someone with little to no savvy like <laughs> street smarts of any kind or forest smarts of any kind i would just die like i'm a vegetarian yeah, who hates yeah. vegetables there's no cheese in a fucking forest i would die no, for isn't. sure i would die but <laughs> so, no, i feel you because like i remember when we took our school trip to pgl which oh, yeah, if anyone doesn't know it's like <laughs> in a forest in the middle of nowhere in in wales i think oh god and like we do all sorts of activities and stay in really scary log cabins which you're not allowed to lock the doors of because you're children and the teachers need to make Check sure that you. you're safe yeah yeah so it was really that was really scary but we did orienteering and so we set off with a map and a compass and you know, a set place where we were supposed to be at this time. And we must have wandered in completely the wrong direction. Oh, no. Into a forest, crossed this tiny, rickety, really unstable bridge over a river and ended up in the middle of a caravan park. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, so no, I'm not very good at 
uh, no. directions oh, either. Now that brings to mind, that sounds like a horror film, like <laughs> those specific Southern American Gothic horror films with like the rednecks who are just always evil. I don't know why Americans are so racist toward themselves and their own like white people <laughs> who live in caravan parks who are always, always somehow like cannibals or like incestuous people who live yeah, in but caravan parks. Have, have you seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil? No. Because that's a whole entire, that's a, that's a spinning that on its head in which okay. they're, they're rednecks, but like they're the protagonists and it's <laughs> these teenagers who mistake them for like typical horror film murderous Oh, that sounds rednecks. Like fun. And yeah, it's so funny. So it's like, that. it's like c- complete misunderstandings and these <laughs> teenagers are like trying to attack them but then accidentally dying and Tucker and Dale are like, it's a suicide cult. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so funny. I need to watch that. That sounds yeah. amazing. I've I've always loved that trope just because it makes absolutely no sense. Like, where did it come from? Like, people are just, they just have this fear of the unknown, which is so, so prevalent that they will even demonize just people who live in a caravan. Like, they're not hurting anyone. And yet there's a whole horror genre. I believe that brings us to the end of this this week's episode. Yes, it does. So thank you so much for listening and we hope to have you back for next week's episode. If you want to get in touch for any reason, just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience, please email us at spookygalspodcast at gmail.com and also make sure to like and follow our Spooky Girls Facebook page as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also check us out on Twitter at Spooky Gals Pod and on Instagram at Spooky Gals Podcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash spookygals. And from as little as $2 a month, you gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you all next time. Stay spooky. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Oh, happy Halloween, bitches! Happy Halloween! <laughs>